Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. If you and your team want to cut down on busy work and get more choice and control over accounts payable, you need Bill. Bill Accounts Payable is your secret weapon for saving time on AP. And with a special offer at bill.com slash podcast, you'll save money too. With Bill, streamline your entire AP process, including bill creation, approvals, and payments. You can pay with ACH, credit card, check, and international wire transfer. Plus, you can easily integrate with most accounting software. No wonder hundreds of thousands of businesses are already using Bill to manage their AP. Schedule a free demo now to see how Bill can automate your financial operations. And right now, get 15% off when you subscribe to Bill Accounts Payable. There's never been a better time to sign up. This special offer is available for a limited time only at bill.com slash podcast. Terms apply. See bill.com slash podcast for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for September 4th, 2017. On today's show, since it's a holiday, we're just bringing you a mailbag segment. Uh, We're going to be talking about TV series that were canceled or ended way too early. On today's show, I am joined by Ben Pearson. Hey, what's up? And Bradford Oman. Hey, that's me. And of course, this is Peter Soretta. Let's jump into the mailbag, guys. Eric from San Jose, California, writes in and asks, I recently came infinitely late to the party and watched Deadwood for the first time and now sits on the top of my list, um, along with Terriers of TV series that were canceled way too early. What are some of your favorite TV series that were canceled or ended way too early? I'll start this off. Um, I, he mentions Terriers, and that was one of the first that come comes to my mind. Uh, that's the first show... All right, it stars Donald Logue, um, who for the longest time was one of those guys that if you cast him in your movie or cast him in your TV show, it meant that it was going to get canceled or not do well at the box office. And, uh, I mean, eventually he was in Gotham and that has yet to be canceled. So, uh, that has stopped that, uh, uh, that, uh, broken the curse, broken the curse. Um, but Terriers is, is a great show. It takes place in San Diego. It's, uh, him as a private in- investigator. You should check it out. It's a short run. It's Sean Ryan, the guy that did the shield. It's great. Even though it never got a second season, it, it's one of the, uh, the TV shows I recommend, uh, to everybody. And I think the reason why it never caught on is 
the title of it's horrible. Like the title of it, Terriers, has nothing to do with the show, and I think um, it was just mismarketed. Um, Ter- Terriers actually makes me think that Perrier needs to make a sparkling water geared towards dogs and called it Terrier. <laughs> ben, what what is what is one of your choices for for TV series that were canceled or ended way too early? So I'm going to go with one of the staples of this particular category, and that would be Freaks and Geeks, uh, the comedy series that ran for only one season and launched the careers of James Franco and Seth Rogen and um, a a ton of people. It's like insane watching, going back now and watching that show and seeing, you know, a young Martin Starr and all of these people who, and a tiny Shia LaBeouf makes a a cameo in there in one episode, uh, Ben Foster in there too. These are like nothing characters in the grand scheme of the show, but it's really uh, incredible what Paul Feig and Judd Apatow were able to pull together uh, behind the scenes making this show. And it's just one of those things that feels real. It's a period piece, but it's um, relatable for everyone, even though even if you didn't grow up, you know, in the Midwest or wherever the show takes place in sort of middle America, I think it's Michigan, actually, um, you there's so much relatable stuff in there. Um, it's just about childhood and growing up. And uh, it's hilarious. And um <laughs> the guy who played Biff in Back to the Future plays a gym coach. I mean, these are just like small characters, but uh, it all comes together in this really, really entertaining show that uh, was definitely canceled too soon. It's it's one of those that's like, man, I wonder what they could have done with just a couple more years of that. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that one out if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks would have been on my list. It was a, it was a show that I didn't discover until DVD, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel bad. I'm the same way. I didn't watch it when it was airing. I know that's why it got canceled. So I I feel bad coming to it late, but, uh, it's such a good show. Brad, what is your pick? Uh, one of my picks is Reaper, which was a series that aired on the CW for a couple seasons back in 2007 to 2009. It was this kind of supernatural horror comedy that followed, uh, Brett Harrison as this guy who kind of has no direction, and he ends up endowed with the powers to see these hellish visions and see these monsters that nobody else can see. And so uh, it begins this sort of like misadventure of him with his two friends who work at uh, a nearby retail store, and they get caught up in all these like deadly creatures that are being basically uh, controlled by the devil who's played by Ray Weiss. It all sounds really ridiculous when you describe it, but but the show was not only funny, but it had cool monsters and uh, interesting visual effects. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, Tyler Lee Bean was in it, and so was Rick Gonzalez, who have both gone on to have pretty decent careers in TV and like small parts in movies. See, I'd say Tyler Lee Bean is just like uh, Donald Logue in that he is uh, he's cursed. I feel like everything he, he's in, even if it's good, even if it's like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, it uh, yeah. doesn't do well. Yeah, but uh, the show is really fun. Um, it's I've wa- rewatched the two seasons, and I, I still really enjoy it, and I wish they would have gotten to stick around, especially because after the second season, it seemed like it was going to lead into some cool stuff uh, for, for a third season, but it just uh, never never happened. Um, Ray Wise is particularly good in that. I think Kevin Smith might have even um, directed the pilot to that. 
if I remember correctly. Uh, one of the ones on my list is a show called Journeyman, which I think was also 2007. And that was like a time travel show. A man travels back in time to help people in trouble. Um, it had Kevin McKidd. Uh, it's hard to describe why it was great, but uh, when it got more into serialized elements, it, it, it started to get really good. And it was set in San Francisco. Um, you know what? I, I haven't seen it in such a long time, so I can't even remember why I liked it so much. But I, I, I do remember that... Um, it being one of those shows that when it was canceled and it was, it was on the, like it was on that uh, from the first time it aired, it was kind of like one of those shows that was like on the edge of being canceled every episode, you know, that came out. So uh, I I think they may have even done a comic book series with it after it was canceled. Um, Have either of you seen journeyman? No, no, I have not. Uh, Ben, what is your next pick? So my pick is similar to what you're talking about, where it's been so long since you've seen it, you can't quite remember exactly why you love it. But nonetheless, Daybreak, the 2006 ABC uh, series, is the one that came to mind. This was one of the first shows I remember getting really into and then it being sort of taken away from me, what I thought was unjustly at the time. Uh, Is is that one of those shows that came after Lost? Um. I mean, technically, because Lost uh, premiered in 2004 and this was 2006. So it was um, the concept is like a Groundhog Day kind of thing where Tay Diggs plays a detective who is accused of killing an assistant district attorney. And he relives the same day over and over again and slowly uncovers this conspiracy. And the whole thing is about him having to figure out who framed him for this crime. So I can see how ABC probably saw the massive success of Lost early on. It was like, okay, give us more high concept stuff. And this may have been, you know, one of the uh, the beneficiaries of that uh, mentality. Um, but the show was canceled after only six episodes and it had, uh, I think, seven more that aired only on ABC.com. And I don't even know if I knew that until I looked it up to talk about it today. So I was just under the impression that, like, well, the show only had its six episodes and didn't really wrap up in any sort of satisfying way. But looking at it now, it seems like they at least, um, you know, tied the whole story together uh, and wrapped up that first season. So it sort of works as a, as a singular piece uh, on its own. So. Um, it was streaming on Netflix not too long ago. I'm not sure if it still is now, but uh, it might be worth looking up if anybody's interested in uh, throwing it back to the, the good old days of 2006 and watching Tay Diggs playing a, a lead character. I mean, I guess that's something notable about it, uh, giving uh, a black character a, a main leading role in 2006 was not it was a bigger deal then than it is now um and even now it doesn't happen that often so especially for like a a mainstream broadcast network so that's kind of a cool thing brad what is your next choice my next choice is the chicago code which was a show that was on fox for a while Um, i love that show it's so good. It, it's you, also you know, by, the, the first episode of that show has a great twist, and I wish that had kept on going. I think that's another um, Sean Ryan show. I think mm-hmm. it is. An, it is another Sean Ryan show, and uh, it's fantastic. It only lasted for a single season, which was a huge bummer. Um, Jason Clark was on the show. Uh, he was like the, pretty much the main character, and he was outstanding in it. Um, it made me excited for anything Jason Clark did after that. After the show was canceled, because he was so good on the show. Um, yeah, I, I was so bummed that it got canceled because it was not your typical crime procedural. It had a serial arc. It was all about the corruption 
of the law enforcement that exists in the um, uh, government and police squad of Chicago. It was just a great series. There was compelling drama. The acting was awesome. The writing was great. And I just, yeah, I was so bummed that it got canceled. Was uh, was Delroy Lindo one of the bad guys in that show? Is that right? Uh, I mean, everyone kind of had like a dark side to them. I, um, I think that he, but I think that, yeah, because he was the, he was the alderman on the show. Yeah. He was, like, he was like one of the biggest corrupt people in the government. Yeah, man, I remember that. That was, yeah, I love that show. An- another show on my list is the show Awake. From Kyle Killen. Uh, it was a 2012 show starring Jake, Jason Isaacs, uh, who suffers a car accident that takes the life of his a family member. Uh, he's a police detective that is now living two alternating parallel lives, one with his wife and one with his son. Uh, in uh, which reality is a dream, which one is real. Uh, it got really interesting because uh, this is a serialized show and things he would see in one reality would inform things that happen in the other reality, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you were learning, uh, you know, stuff about the cases that he's working and what's going on, you know, the conspiracy, what, what is going on? It, I don't think it had a fulfilling ending because it only had one season when was quickly canceled, but it's something I would highly recommend. And, uh, lastly, Ben, what what is your last choice? Um, my last choice is sort of an unconventional one. That's the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. So Conan took over the Tonight Show from Jay Leno back in 2009, and he only hosted the show for seven months before he ended up leaving. And it's basically because NBC screwed him over by giving Leno his own show uh, that was basically dropped in right as a lead-in for the Tonight Show which completely undercuts everything that Conan was trying to do at that time. Um, It was a a super dick move on Leno's part who announced that he was retiring and it was this whole thing. Uh, You can, I'm sure books have been written about it, the late night wars and all of that kind of stuff. There's, I don't know if uh, a full on sequel to that uh, book exists yet or not, but um, yeah, it was a big deal. Anybody who was paying attention to the late night scene, uh, at that time knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, um, yeah, I was just bummed to see, you know, I grew up watching Conan and I loved the idea of him hosting the tonight show. It was his dream. He talked about it in such, you know, he held it in such high esteem and you could tell that he was, um, just getting into his groove at the time when he basically got forced out. So, uh, I mean, it all ended up okay. He's on TBS and, um, you know, he's going, he's going strong over there, but, um, it was just a bummer to see, uh, all of these sort of, um, bureaucratic machinations, uh, take him, you know, knock him down from one of the highest, uh, most prestigious shows in late night. Yeah. It's actually funny. Um, Universal Orlando, or Universal Studios in Orlando has this Tonight Show ride with Jimmy Fallon. It's a horrible ride, but the waiting area is uh, 30 Rock. You're in 30 Rock, and in 30 Rock, there is all around it, there's displays of every Tonight Show host in history and like props and things that, you know, there's a monitor showing their famous skits and like some, uh, you know, parts of their desk and, th- you know, like it's almost like a museum. And then mm-hmm. uh, it gets to Conan O'Brien, who has like a small window because he was like but a blimp, a blip in this show's history. And yeah. it, 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 it's a uh, it's very sad. But uh, speaking of 30 Rock, Brad, what is your final choice? 
actually, before I get to that, uh, I actually got to go to a live taping of The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. Yeah, because, I did too. Yeah, because I was living in California in 2009, and a friend of mine went and waited in line to get tickets, and I was uh, the guests were Quentin Tarantino and Smokey Robinson. Nice. I saw um, Kristen Bell and Edward Norton there. Nice. <laughs> oh, and um, what was the name of the, of the band? Uh anvil from anvil the story of anvil you remember ah, that documentary that yeah. that that movie came out and then they were the musical guests for that episode that's pretty cool uh so yeah so my final pick this is a, this is a good one just want you to know actually i just realized that we all kind of we we, went, we all picked nbc shows for our, our last round oh yeah um because my final pick is studio 60 on the sunset strip which was aaron sorkin's Saturday Night Live behind the scenes series that w- had the same walk and talk vibe of the West Wing, but just set uh, b- behind the scenes of a Saturday Night Live style sketch show. Um, I really loved this show because of how much I love Saturday Night Live. Uh, one of the biggest criticisms that the show got was that it seemed like Aaron Sorkin didn't really know how to write uh, the comedy that was supposed to go along with Studio 60 because every now and then they would show pieces of the sketches that they were going to be doing on the show. And they were never really quite up to the same, you know, standards that SNL delivered. I'm sure somebody would be like, well, SNL hasn't been good in years. And I just tell you to die in a fire. Um, <laughs> but uh, the writing was still sharp when it comes to, came to the character interactions. Uh, Matthew Perry and Bradley Whitford were the executive producers of the show. And it's it's been one of my favorites for a, um, a while. I even bought it because I just I, I love it so much and it's yeah it was very short-lived and I, I wish that it would have gotten to stick around because I feel like it could have really developed into something that was really special it, that show is very underrated I loved it I like it more than 30 Rock and 30 Rock I think is the reason why it doesn't exist anymore two shows yeah uh, of kind of like the same thing from different angles obviously this is a one-hour drama 30 Rock is a what half-hour comedy I think yeah. Um, and Did Studio 60 get a um, satisfying ending? That I don't recall. Uh, yeah, I honestly don't remember how it ended. Um, that's a that's a good question. I think because they... that's like the big thing for people wanting to know if they should dive into one of these one-off shows is if like there's such a cliffhanger that they're going to be mad, you know, that they spent a full season sort of getting invested or something. But like Terriers is a good example, Peter, of something where it's like. That ending, it sucks that that show doesn't exist anymore because I loved it too. But that ending actually really works as a a good yeah. ending for the series, not alone, you know, let alone the season. So um, I was just wondering. I haven't seen any of Studio Sixty, so I'm wondering if uh, oh, it would be worth diving in. You should definitely dive into it. I'm not sure, Brad. When's the last time you watched it? Have you watched it recently? No, it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, See, I'm wondering I, because it was such about the politics of the time, George W. Bush being in office and obviously Aaron Sorkin obsessed with that, even though, <laughs> you know, this is about a TV show that's about uh, improv comedy. Uh, you know, it was as much it, it was as political as I don't want to say as political as Newsroom, but it, it, it was it was up there. It was a lot about what was going on at that time. I do agree that they. I almost think that they shouldn't have shown the skits. I think they that they should have just stuck behind the scenes um, and let the skits be up to the imagination of the viewer. And uh, I just want to say one last thing. Veronica Mars is a show I loved, and it's a show that got uh, canceled pretty early. They made it uh, a movie that was kickstarted. But I, I actually feel like it went, as much as I was a fan of that show, it, it went off at a good time 
they clearly didn't know where it was going to go next i feel like and um there are there are shows like that that i feel like if you had gone a little longer maybe it wouldn't be as as, uh, like held in such high high esteem so i just Mm -hmm. wanted to mention veronica mars even though i love it and it got shut down early i think I think we wouldn't like it if it had gone on. I, I think or, you're right because I think there, the, the the talk that I heard was there was um, discussions about maybe doing I think it was a fourth season about Veronica as an FBI agent and that just it sort of loses a little bit of its appeal. Um, I think yeah you're right it's, it's one of those cases where it's sort of uh, the timing ended up working out pretty well because it sort of kept her in like the high school college years yeah. um, you know for the episodes that we saw and it's it, it's still you know even though the movie wasn't very good the show is still pretty great so and, and I'm, I'm gonna stop you before you start emailing peter at slash film.com i know we didn't mention firefly i know that's probably your pick we get <laughs> it they, they you know they did a movie uh i like firefly fine but it's just not on my list it's not on any of our lists uh even though we i'm not sure if you guys like firefly but um, yeah, yeah we should acknowledge sure. it yeah yeah no, yeah it was, it was great but like it's it seemed like too obvious of a pick of course we all wish Firefly was around, you know? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, find Ben at Ben Pierce on Twitter. You can find Brad at Ethan underscore Anderton on Twitter. He has a podcast called Go Flix Yourself on iTunes. You can find me at Slash Film on Twitter. Uh, as always, send your questions to the mailbag, peter at slashfilm.com. Leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention on the air like we did with Eric from, from San Jose, California. Um, please go to iTunes. Give us a review, especially if you like the show. If you don't like the show, send me an email. Tell me why. Tell me what we could do be, be doing better. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>